My name is Rachel Peru and I'm a 50-year-old grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career age 46 modelling and on social media I found so many women, inspiring and amazing women over 40 who were really embracing their midlife and helping to break down the stereotypical barriers. I really wanted to share these stories with you, so let's celebrate and firmly place a spotlight on women over 40. My weekly reminder that you are not invisible and it's never too late to try something new. Welcome back to a new week on Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope you're all having a great start to the week. Today's guest is somebody I've met recently on set working for the Ambrose Wilson campaign, which if you haven't already seen it, please go check it out. It's a brilliant denim campaign. Yes, spring is around the corner, denim, jeans, t-shirts, can't wait. But it was really championing older women. So Anita, myself and my co-founder, Sylvan Sassy, Annie Sturk was modelling. So it was brilliant to, to connect with these ladies on set. And after talking to Anita, I quickly realised what she doesn't know about fashion and styling, nobody will know. With a long-standing career, not only behind the scenes working in buying with Marks and Spencers but she's also uh, been a lecturer at London College of Fashion had her own personal styling business in London for the last 14 years and her sense of style as a British Indian personal stylist is really something special and she's really nailed her look down to a T so can't wait to get lots of great advice and style tips from Anita this morning. So good morning Anita welcome to Out of the Bubble how are you today? I'm good, thank you. And good morning and thank you for having me on your podcast today. It's lovely to see you. And as I've already said in your introduction, you know, we've 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 only just met recently on set, which was a surreal experience, wasn't it? But it was such good fun. How did you find the Ambrose Wilson campaign? Oh, I loved it. And you know what? There's so much that goes on behind the scenes. But the most incredible thing about the campaign we did was all the wonderful people we got to meet. Yeah, absolutely. Including well, yeah. including me meeting you and lovely Annie so yeah it was a fabulous experience thank really you it was and it's the first time you've done anything like that isn't it yeah so at the age of 51 it was my first modeling debut Yay. <laughs> uh, I, I was a bit nervous and a little bit stilted and wooden but then you know you kind of get into the swing of things by the end of the day don't you yeah you were I mean you looked fabulous the photos and the images I've said in the introduction for people to go and uh, have a look at it and I'll share the links after this because the, they've done a great job and everything looked amazing so yeah really good fun so introductions how do you describe yourself to people uh, I'm someone who helps other women feel good and look fabulous every day. Um, and then they're always intrigued by that. And they say, oh, what do you do? And then I say, I'm a stylist. And they're like, ah, okay. So my job is to empower women if they feel that they cut the mustard with their style and the colours they wear, they feel so much more confident, their self-esteem improves, their shoulders go back, they're more likely to make eye contact. And then every aspect of their life, whether that's work, rest or play, they feel a little bit more confident to take it on. And um, yeah, so basically, in a nutshell, that's what I do. I just try and help women with all the tips and tricks and knowledge and experience I have to just make themselves feel good and look fabulous every day. Love it. And how did you get into it? Because you've, you've had a long standing career in fashion with lots of different aspects. You know, you've worked behind the scenes, you've lectured. So how, what drew you to it in the first place? Well, I had a bit of a full start, to be honest. I'm a British Asian and my parents wanted me to be the stereotypical doctor. Uh, I, ha I haven't got the brains for a doctor. I'm not scientific whatsoever. So I was 
forced to do chemistry, biology and maths A-levels, completely flunked them. <laughs> Got kicked out of sixth form college because I flunked my exams. And then I said to my parents, that's the last time I ever listened to you. And you know what? I never have since then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I, I realized that I was a creative through, through default, actually. And I thought, no, I want to do something that involves business studies. So something that uh, involves a bit of creativity with numbers, but also creativity with clothes and styling and fashion. So I embarked on a um, business studies degree and thank goodness in my last year of university, I was offered a job at Marks and Spencer on the graduate training scheme to be a trainee buyer. And the rest is history. Perfect, so, what a great start. It was a great start. So all of you lovely ladies out there, you know, your parents don't always know best. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, the the guest I had on last week, Jessica Buchanan, was talking exactly about that, about how you've really got to start following your intuition and listen to your gut feeling. And you're so right. But it turned out well in the end, though, Benita. It did. And I have to say, um, I started with M&S in 1995 and the training was second to none. I cannot knock Marks and Spencer for that. The amount of money they invested in training their their staff. Um, So I spent 12 years as a clothing buyer. So I understand everything about fabrics, manufacturing, production, what goes into a garment. So not just the shape and silhouette. And then with two very young children, it became untenable traveling all over the world. So I was offered voluntary redundancy. I then did a teacher training degree and sorry, teacher training course and taught at the London College of Fashion for three years, fashion buying and merchandising and the science of color. And I was a style editor for a local magazine for three years. And then for the past um, 14 years, I've been running my own image consultancy business, which is Ferron Clark style. And in the last 15 years, I've helped and seen over 4,700 women. Wow, that's amazing. And I bet the other thing, working with, with clients one-to-one, I bet the transformations really kind of make you feel so fulfilled in your job. What kind of response do oh. you get from women? Oh my gosh, they, they, they reduce me to tears sometimes with all the kind things they say. Things like I've transformed their lives, I've given them the confidence to leave their husband. <laughs> they, they have started to ignore that inner critic that says, don't do this, don't wear that, don't do this, uh, ignore their friends. And they, they become more confident just being themselves and living with themselves. And this is really interesting because I've just finished reading a book by a lady called Sarah Knight, which is You Do You. Oh, I like the sound of that. Absolutely. As a woman, shut out all the noise, all of the negativity, all the paraphernalia around you and just focus on yourself. But when they send me these messages to say, I now shout at my children less, I'm more comfortable in my skin, I I get compliments. Oh my gosh, the way these women grow really touches my heart. Isn't it interesting how, you know, the power, we take it for granted, the power of finding our style and our, you know, through our clothes, confidence can come so much through our clothes. Where do you start though? Because obviously, you know, lots of women go through midlife and they go through this transformation stage. And it's at a time when you can often feel quite lost. Lots of the women that I talk to lose confidence. How do you, what steps can you take right at the beginning to, to start finding that confidence again through your wardrobe? That's really interesting. 
Rachel, there are actually, in fact, lots of triggers why women come and see me. So I can't actually nail it down to something specific. But mm. if if a woman is absolutely comfortable in wearing certain colours and styles, they, which might not be right for them, but they feel absolutely com confident in that, fantastic. They would never, ever come and see me. It's the women who have... Um, maybe felt that there's been a shift in their hormones due to pregnancy or perimenopause or other triggers like a significant birthday, 40th, 50th, 60th, divorce, mm. um, job change, promotion, bereavement, empty nest, uh, weight gain, weight loss. It's for a variety of reasons. And when what they have been doing in the past doesn't seem to work anymore, that's when they pick up the phone or send an email to me or contact, contact me via Instagram. So there's various triggers. And I suppose the first step for me is a fact find. Really try and drill down what's at the heart of the issue and then say to them, how can I help? What is it you want from me? Why are you on this call today? Tell me, really. And sometimes it makes the client cry because they've never been so open and candid yeah. about things. And sometimes the first step for asking for help is the fact that they've contacted me. And has your style changed through the, oh the decades? How, how has it changed? Because it does, we evolve, it, don't we? Absolutely. My style's changed dramatically. I would say before, while I was at home, I had no, I had no voice. I was brought up in a very strict Indian family. Parents were short of money. I wasn't allowed to wear lots of things. There were a lot of prejudices at home. My mum used to say, I'm sorry, I'm going to be really honest here. Don't wear that colour. Only the lower classes in India wear that colour. Don't mm. wear this. You look like a prostitute. I mean, hello. Yeah. Uh, and then in my 20s, when I became a buyer, and I was already, I already felt a little bit like the, sorry, uh, underdog being a British Asian for most of my 20s and my early 30s I was trapped in black and now I wear a lot of color and I'm I've found that in my 40s as my children have got a little bit older I'm much more confident in my skin I want to wear what I want when I want because I have totally excluded all of those critics around me inner critics and external critics telling me what to do and what not to do yeah. so my my style has changed quite dramatically I wear a lot more color I'm more experimental I give things a go I like variety in my wardrobe and I'm not shy or embarrassed about showing my decollete or my legs or my arms hell I've only yeah. got one shot let me enjoy myself Exactly. Yeah. And you're so right. And it's really interesting because I had the same conversation of, you know, if I remember my dad saying you're not going out in that, that skirt, it's far too short, you look like a prostitute. And it's just like it, it was a generation thing that we had all this judgment put on us when we were, were growing up as women about how society expects us to dress and what 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 category they were going to put you in. And and it does feel like there's when you get to 40, you have this sense of freedom where you can let all that go and just start having some fun again in your wardrobe. Yes. And for, for people like us, yes, we felt liberated at 40, but a lot of my clients can lose their way around 40 because yeah. of significant physical, emotional or mental changes in their life. And 
I'm not saying I'm a therapist, but what I do is address the visual impact that they make. And once they feel that the visual impact is, you know, suited to their own little style and color toolkit, they feel so much better. Yeah. How can you encourage women to really embrace color then? Because I'm, I'm the same. I, you know, in my 20s and 30s, I lived in black. That was my, my whole wardrobe was like, you know, every different shade of black you could find, black and gray. And now I've really embraced color. And I, and I know it gives me a, a certain colors give me a, a real boost when I wear it. But I know it's something that can scare a lot of women because it forces you to become more visible when, at a time when perhaps you're not ready to. But but yes. doing it will make you feel better. How do you encourage women to take that step? What can they do to start? I think sometimes, um, and again, it's it's not black and white here. I think sometimes women wear certain colours, generally neutrals or a lot of black, because they don't feel confident about standing out. Mm-hmm. They want to blend in. So if you think about the analogy of a wallflower and someone who wants to come into a room and say, hey, I'm here, notice me, notice me. They're very two characters, one's more confident, one's less confident than the other. So sometimes wearing neutrals or wearing a very narrow set of colours is is because you're in, in your comfort zone. And in a way, there's nothing wrong with that. It only becomes an issue when you feel you want to break out of that comfort zone but don't know how to. Yeah. That's where I come in. Because once you know, once you know what colours suit you and you will stand out, but for all the right reasons, you will get compliments. You think, hey, actually, I'm quite confident in colour. So it's it's knowing what colours suit you. Um, but then there's also a balance, Rachel. You, the pendulum can't swing too far one way or the other. There's got to be a really good balance of neutrals and a really good balance of colours because that will help you mix and match, wear more of your clothes, create interesting colour combinations. So does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, it does. I mean, would you recommend that if somebody's really scared of wearing colour that they maybe start with accessories to start off with to bring introduced colour into their into their wardrobe rather than thinking they've got to go out and buy a bright red dress or a, a you know a bright pink jacket uh, I yeah absolutely uh slowly slowly and and introduce color in the most inexpensive way so that would mm. be through accessories so that could be by wearing a scarf or some color shoes or a color handbag colored handbag also color doesn't mean if when when I when we say we love wearing color it doesn't mean a red top and red trousers red head to toe it could just be very subtle it could be introducing some new colors in your wardrobe through patterns and prints so you've got the bases as a safe color like a neutral gray or chocolate but then you add a bit of red in it or orange or whatever it might be yeah and what about you mentioned briefly you touched on it there about the you know those fashion rules that always do the rounds about how you know women over a certain age shouldn't wear certain things what do you feel about that it's all blimmin' coswallop. That's what I feel about <laughs> yes. it. Absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Again, these social stigmas, the norm of how you should dress, prejudices, all of this nonsense is where some of these rules come from. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you feel confident wearing something, which might be wrong for you, but who blimmin' cares? If you feel confident, isn't that all that matters? And I'm the one who people call on when they're not confident and they need the help. Um, So, you know, you hear things like, oh, you shouldn't have 
long hair when you're older and oh your your hemline should be below your knee and oh you're showing too much decollete it's all in the shop window really that's their own issues or their own misgivings or their own yeah. inner critic saying what's right or wrong really do what you want I mean I take great pride now going to see my parents when I see them which is very occasionally but anyhow wearing red and orange because I know it's making my mother wince <laughs> love that <laughs> defiance but again Rachel it comes back to confidence and yeah. how you feel about yourself body confidence your own self-esteem and sometimes that's really really tricky to rebuild if you've had years and years of negativity or Am I allowed to use the word crap thrown at you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it can be really difficult, but there comes a point where you think, enough, enough. Yeah. I want to be my own person. I don't want to listen to my teenagers. I don't want to listen to my husband. It makes me feel good. That color, that style, whatever it might be. I'm just going to shut down all the critics and I'm just going to step out and enjoy wearing what I do the last two years have taught us that have they not yeah absolutely. that life too blimmin' short just get on with it and enjoy it yes love it <laughs> we need some placards with that on get out of the streets yeah. <laughs> what could you recommend to women because there might be some people that are listening here that are feeling a bit overwhelmed and not knowing where to start and perhaps don't have the finances yet or the confidence to book a personal stylist but they look at their wardrobe and they don't know how to edit it. They don't know where to start with it. They just see a, a, a drawer full of clothes that they don't know whether, you know, where to start with it, really. What would you recommend they can do to kind of edit it out? What are the key things? Very good question. I would say let's start by opening your wardrobe and arranging everything by shape first, all your tops or your blouses or your jumpers, trousers, skirts. Then arrange all your tops and blouses by colour black tops pink tops red tops and do the same with every silhouette so you do it with your trousers mm. your dresses everything etc then everything that's organized now by shape and by color try every single item on is it too big mm. don't put it back in is it too tight mm. don't put it back in because what you don't want in your wardrobe are items that you will slim into or grow into yes. because so guilty it will of that. I used okay, to do fine. that. Well, I'm coming around to take your wardrobe. I'm not anymore, but I spent a long time hanging on to clothes that I would say, well, you know, next year I'll be able to fit back into that. And actually, all it did was make me feel negative about myself because there was that's no way it, I was ever going to be that size. And it was just sat in my wardrobe. So I, so I did get rid of everything. So I'm not like that anymore, but I was. <laughs> it gives you no joy. Okay, no. so first of all, and then what, what will happen is you're only left with items that fit you. So as you're trying on these clothes, you then say to yourself, right, does that style flatter, flatter me? When I wear it, do I think, oh, gosh, I look great in it? Or do I think, meh? And then also, when you are pulling out these clothes, in your head, in your subconscious, you might be saying, ah, this will do. Oh, it'll do for dog walking. Oh, no one's going to see me today. This will do. Oh. So listen to the body language, the negative language that's coming out of your mouth if it doesn't. Sorry for the cliche spark joy. Do not put it back in. It's much, much better to have let in your wardrobe of items that you love than have so much stuff just bunged in there that doesn't spark any joy, doesn't make you feel good about wearing it. 
So what you are left with then are items that fit you and clothes that you feel fabulous about. Then I would say, write yourself a little shopping list. So when you go through your tops, you may say to yourself, ah, ha, there's a lot of black in here and there's a lot of white and cream in here. Okie dokie, there are other colors that I could be wearing. Uh, I always feel great in red, but I don't have any in my wardrobe. Uh, I love green. So yeah, maybe I'll have a bit of that and write a shopping list. Otherwise, if you don't write a shopping list, when you go out shopping, you just gravitate to the same old, same old again and again. Oh, I love that black top. So by writing a shopping list, you're stopping any impulse buying because what you want is variety, correct? Yeah. yeah. So, so I would say that's probably the best way to go about it. Or if you don't know what colors and styles suit you, then you contact a stylist. But, and there's also, if you don't want to work with a stylist, there's also lots and lots of free resources on, on, the, on um, the internet. So you can always just Google in, I don't know, something like um, jeans for an hourglass or what to wear as a brunette or whatever you want. So, you know, if you want free advice and there's stuff on the internet too, but I can't claim it's always right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, th there's, there's that option. And like you say, uh, once you've got the confidence... You know, I do think, and I, I tell this to loads of people, that working with a stylist, even if you can't afford to work with them long term, just to book that initial session to get some advice is so worth the money because it's a real game changer for lots of women. I know that. Yes. I mean, two hours Yeah. usually puts them on the white track. Two yeah. hours is, is, is what you would need. Yeah. And also by knowing what really suits you, you save time. Yeah. You save money mm. and you feel good every single day. We've all done that shopping trip where we've not really been sure about what we're buying. We've bought something and brought it home and thought, what the hell have I bought that for? I've never worn it. We've all done that. And by having some, some great advice from somebody like you, that really stops all that because it gives you a clear plan of what you should try. How much do you follow trends each year or do you just stick to your style now and you know what suits you or do you still experiment? Uh, I look at trends, um, but then you have to take those with a pinch of salt because what you have to ask yourself, do those trends fit my colouring, my body shape, my lifestyle? I'm a working mum. Yes, that trend would work if I was a 20-something influencer who hot-footed it around the world at London Fashion Week or wherever it might be, but does it stay and fit with my lifestyle? More often than not, the answer is no. <laughs> so... I would say stay in your lane. It's much more important for women of a certain age to be stylish as opposed to be trendy or fashionable. Because sometimes to be trendy and fashionable, you may shoehorn yourself into a look that actually doesn't sit that well with you or doesn't make you feel that confident. But you think it's really important to look trendy and stylish. To be current, I disagree. To look your best, find your style work with that style, work with the colors that suit you, work with what you love about your body shape, accentuate the bits that you love, learn how to camouflage the bits that you don't, yeah. and then you'll be on the right track. And do you have some favorite brands that you think they kind of your go-tos that you'd love taking your clients to? Oh, gosh, ah, too many, uh, because they're all different shapes and sizes, creeds, colors, ages. I would say you can't go wrong with some of the uh, department stores like John Lewis and Selfridges because mm. they have a good range of price points and styles to think good, better, best. But there are certain shops that are 
better equipped if you want to wear lots of bright colours, for instance, places like Zara or Massimo Dutti. Yeah. If you want slightly understated styles, and some of the French brands are brilliant, like Bash and Sandro and Claudie Perlo and Comtois de Contenay. Mm. So I don't really have any favourites. I have my own favourites, but when I take my clients shopping, it's very much about what they need. Yeah. And a good stylist is someone who doesn't try and clone every client to what they like. It's about that client's colouring, body shape, scale and proportion, style, personality, their um, um, uh, need for appropriateness and how current or vintage or dated or fashionista they want to look. Mm. So, so, so that's a difficult question to answer, but I kind of hope I've Yes, you have. Yeah, thank you. And do you think in your experience, then, do you think that brands, let's say on the high street, are starting to cater for the midlife woman? And, and do, you, do you feel like we are being represented out there in the fashion industry? I think we are very well represented. However, I don't feel plus sizes are well represented at mm. all. Yeah. The high street cater for up to 16, mm. size 16. If you go over that, then it's absolutely diabolical mm. that the the brands that are available. So I'm I'm afraid yeah. I just have to be truthful there. Yeah. Um, yes, I agree. The high, but you know, w- when you say do the high street cater for midlife, absolutely because you can interpret whatever you like with the star that's out there. So I had a just a call um, a message from a lady who's 59 who said to me, Anita is Cezanne too young for me. Hell no, definitely not. I mean, Zara isn't young for me. Yes. It's it's about what I choose to buy from that store because there is so much choice on yes. offer. I will buy something from Zara or Cezanne that suits my style, my colouring. So there is so much choice. We are very lucky with choice in the UK, but you get to a certain size and then it becomes pants. It's yeah. really, really I completely agree. Because yeah. I mean, I love Zara. Pants? I'm a size 14, yeah. 16, and I love Zara. You know, my, I'm a real, I wear suits a lot, trouser suits. They do great trouser suits, but their size 16 is not really a size 16. It's a very, they're very small on their sizing as well, uh, which is a real yeah. disappointment. And I'd hope that that starts to change. And and contrary to what a lot of people think, stylists, clients aren't all skinny minis. They really aren't. Most of my clients are um, size 14, 16. And I would say about 10% of my clients are plus 20 dress okay. size so they so they need to get on board perhaps it's because we don't actually see images of older women in these brands though in these shops like Cezanne perhaps we, we need to see more images which is why the Ambrose Wilson campaign was fantastic using older models maybe that's what they need to start focusing on more they do I mean I'm, I'm sorry but the diversity with modeling campaigns and adverts and promotion and even on Instagram is appalling yeah. sometimes they sort of pay lip service to it by having someone who is of a different race than someone who's Caucasian but it's not enough it doesn't go far enough we need to see more silver vixens we need to see more Asian by that I mean Chinese Indian we need to see more black women we need to see different sizing it's appalling yeah. We've got a long way to go, Rachel, a long way to go. Yeah, we have. But I, I do think change is coming, but it's, 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 coming. Sl- it's, it's slow. Slowly. It's slow. So who do you yeah. turn to for your inspiration? Have you got compared style icons that you look at and think, oh, yeah, I absolutely love their style? Alexia Chung. Oh, yes. And my, 
my all-time favorite and her look has never ever dated is Audrey Hepburn you probably hear that all the time and people like Helen Mirren who do such a good job for the uh, lovely silver vixens out there yeah so so, yeah I would say those two mainly um I I don't get too much too involved in the celeb culture Mm. uh so yeah uh I tend to like women's style that's not so fashion and trend led uh, and something that's more timeless and elegant yeah. with a bit of chic thrown in uh, a little bit of sexiness as well a little bit of a cheeky nod to that all of that sort of stuff so yeah. and sometimes it could just be someone I've seen and I think oh I like their shoes those are quite sexy would have thought about having those in my wardrobe so it could just be little things that spark yeah. ideas in my mind if you see somebody then that, that's got that's wearing something that you that really catches your eye and think wow that person looks fantastic would you go go and tell them that oh my gosh yes yeah. they're holding me back and, <laughs> and my kids are like oh mummy you're so embarrassing I said what you don't realize is when something resonates with you and something you like it's human nature to give them a compliment so it could be something a lady is wearing it could be, I don't know, a building, a car, something I've eaten. I would have to say something to someone. So yes, ladies, don't hold back. If something resonates with you, just go up to that person and say, love your top. Yeah. That looks so gorgeous on you. You will make their day. Absolutely. In the same way, it's easier to smile than it is to frown. Yes. Yeah. And my, my last question of, of the podcast is always the same but I'm not going to save it to last because it fits in really well with this conversation so if you were to pay yourself a compliment what would it be uh it wouldn't be actually to do with my style it would be Anita stay in your lane you're doing really well you are very very resilient just keep doing what you're doing and you do you because I've had you know prior to my career uh, in fashion I was very, very much criticised for the way I looked at my and my style. So I feel I can only do my job because I have had years and years of negativity. Yeah. And I know what to say to clients to get them back on track, because you should never, ever, ever pull someone down when they are already feeling down. And I had too much of that. So I would say, sorry, it's a long winded answer, Anita. I'm so proud of your resilience. Keep going. Love it. So my last three questions that I ask all my guests, have you got a book that's really inspired you? Oh, yes. It's, it's a very, very recent book I've read and I highly recommend everybody read it. It's oh, called Shaggy nice. Bain. Uh, it won the Booker Prize. The gentleman who wrote it is called Douglas Stewart. He had, had a, oh my gosh, he had a lot of trauma in his life. His, his mother was a, I don't want to give too much away, but was an alcoholic. And um, not that my father was an alcoholic or my mother, but I can share some of the feelings of trauma that he had and how he coped with the trauma. I've coped in a similar way. Mm. So Shaggy Bain is just one hell of a book. Brilliant. I shall add that to a list. Love reading and finding out new books. And what about a piece of a piece of music or a song that really motivates you? It has to be something that I can dance to because I love dancing. I'm pretty bad at dancing. You won't see much dancing on my wheels, but I do love dancing. It has to be the song that uh, reminds me of my best friend. We've been friends for 33 years now. It's Daft Punk One More Time. Oh, brilliant. 
And we do need to see you dancing on your reels. I love your reels, by the way. People need to go and check you out because they're fantastic. <laughs> and who inspires yeah. you? It has to be each and every woman I meet. Mm. My clients inspire me. Yeah. My clients. And also there's a, a couple of friends who aren't in the public arena, but have so much kindness, so much to give unconditionally. So it's women that give without wanting anything in return. And I think they know who they are if they listen to this podcast. So it's just women I have met in my life's journey and also my beautiful, beautiful clients who then flourish after I, I uh, meet them. They inspire me because they make me so proud of what I do. And it makes me so proud to see them sort of on their, on their new journey doing really well. I love this real sense of that. And I think there's in lots of conversations I've had recently is this real sense of women supporting other women. And I love yeah. it. And that's exactly what you're doing in the work that you're doing. So fabulous. Oh, thank you. you. I'm going to ask you one more question because I'm so intrigued. If you had to save one thing out of your wardrobe, what would it be? Gosh. I'd love to see your wardrobe. Uh, uh, one thing out of my wardrobe, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Okay. It's going to be the most unglamorous thing that you've ever heard me say. It would be my sweat catches. <laughs> Those are my thermal vests. I feel the cold terribly. Right. Where would I be without my thermal vests, which I call sweat catches? Because I basically wear them underneath everything. Yeah. So this blouse I won't wash. I would put my sweat catcher in the wash. So I have about 20 of them. So I would save my sweat catchers. Fabulous. And what a great tip, ladies. Thank you so much. How can people find out about working with you? I'm on Instagram uh, at a film Clark style. So it's Foxtrot Echo Romeo Orange November Clark. No E and style. And then there's a link in my bio, which will take you to my website and how to shop my look and all my personal styling services. But for any new client, if they subscribe to my newsletters, they get a free 30-minute call with me and we can just chat about whatever they want to chat about uh, regarding their colour and style. In fact, I've got a, got a um, style discovery call after this podcast. So, yeah. Well, brilliant. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And I'm so glad we've connected this year. What a lovely way to start the year. So keep doing what you're doing. Love it. And um, yeah, let's stay in touch. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me on board and allowing me to talk so candidly about what I love. So thank you. Take care. Thank you. Really enjoyed talking to Anita today and hope that's kind of given you some wardrobe inspiration. If you are feeling like you really need to shake things up a bit, don't be afraid to experiment and have lots of fun. And I think the advice about going through your wardrobe is a great one. So would love to hear what works for you and how you're feeling about your sense of style as you approach or are in the middle of midlife. I know my sense of style is definitely ever evolving and the more confident, the more body confident I've become, I'm definitely showing off my curves more and being conscious of the fact that I'm not hiding them as I used to do in my 20s and 30s so our, our style definitely evolves as we as we age which is a good thing and it's interesting to see but only if you're ready for it and you've got to be open-minded to try new looks new styles new colors and step out of your comfort zone and step out of your bubble so love talking to Anita hope it's given you some wardrobe inspiration and I'll be back next week so in the meantime keep being fabulous 
Thank you for listening to the Outer Bubble podcast. I hope it's left you feeling inspired. If it has, why not come and join our fabulous group of women in the free Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group, where you can get to connect with other women all at different stages of their midlife journey, supporting and inspiring one another. You can also come and say hello on Instagram at RachelPeru1. I'd love to know how you intend or how you are already stepping out of your bubble in 2022. And don't forget, if you're loving the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Your support is much appreciated. Until next time, keep being fabulous.